Well, this chip on my shoulder won't come off. I scrubbed and scrubbed until I was red raw. Reconstructed full of filler. Somebody break the bronze soul. I guess I'm just a peasant from up north. Hello, man. Hey, you sound clear. You sound so clear. That's good. I've got my mic. I think I've got my microphone yeah. settings turned right up to enhance it sounds my voice. Good. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds good. Just the two of us. Anyway. Loving the beard. We can talk about grooming and being hair suit during lockdown. Oh man, I don't know. I've got, I've got one of Nadia's clips in here. <laughs> emergency clip. You big girls' blows. We we are we we push boundaries on this podcast. I feel <laughs> should men wear women's clips in their hair? I, I, I had no job. I've not done my hair today, and it was in it was in my face. Yeah. And I thought I need something just because I need to keep this out my face for the podcast because it's going to do my head in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a footballer. You're like a. Did you wear that when you went round uh, Waitrose? Were you wearing this hair clip? Or hat on. But then I thought, I'm not wearing a hat indoors. That's outrageous. <laughs> I often do. Isn't that weird? I often wear a hat. Yeah, you're looking good, man. You look like you shaved a few years off. Really? Yeah. By having a beard, usually it's the opposite. <laughs> no, no, you're looking hit like, um, not hipster, but like... <laughs> Just a bit like you, you wouldn't look out of place in a little inner city cafe drink, like <laughs> sipping on a macchiato or something like that. <laughs> yes, that's made my day. Do you know what? I've suddenly wrote down loads of things we can chat about, even though Dan's bailed on us last minute again. He sends his apologies. I had a nice chat to him and the baby, no sleep last night. And so they said they were both destroyed. It sounded like a genuine reason, you know what I mean? He wasn't just saying it. I think he genuinely wants to be on the pod, but that's something we could talk about today. Maybe we could talk about the fact that we're auditioning. We are. We have a vacancy, potentially a vacancy. We'll see. We'll give Dan another another chance. I I, I feel for him, especially if he's been up in the night and he's sleep deprived. Yeah, yeah. And I think they were having the day off, and then they were just going to have a lazy day because obviously, you know, there was nothing on today. They had a busy night last night. And, uh, yeah, I think genuinely because we haven't seen him since the baby's birth, have we? In January, no, he's, uh, no, that's right. Even though he's off work, they get a generous paternity thing in Spain of like four months or something. Incredible, amazing. We're missing a trick. I got a week with both of us, with all three of us. We had a week. Bit sexist for men, isn't it? That could be some well, discuss. What, one, one, one week to get to know your baby, and then you're back at it. That's... I know. That's like five days, isn't it? A working week. Yeah. But anyway, do you know what? We could talk about so many things to do with, yeah, babies and stuff. But Dan, I think we should save that for when Dan finally makes his appearance, if ever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah. uh, what have you been up to today then? Shopping and... Shopping. We got the week's shopping in today. Uh, are we rolling now, by the way? It's. A, I said it recording, yeah, before I started it. Cool. Um, okay, well, I won't. I'll steer away from super personal questions. Um, how much would you spend on a week shop for a family of five? A family Four. of five. Yeah. Or sorry, 
Well, there's five of us in our house. Uh, oh, of course, Rio. Let's not forget producer Reese, the R man. <laughs> uh, a family shop. I don't know. I mean, we went to a supermarket and spent. We probably spent at least 150, 200. Because wow. some days it feels like we're going to the shop every day, and then. Do you know what I mean? Like other days we might go. Obviously, you get more for your money if you go to Aldi as opposed to Sainsbury's or something, or White Waitrose. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. do get more for your money, but we might spend 150 a week, maybe 170, I reckon. Maybe 200, yeah. maybe 200. And if you buy, like, if you're buying any alcohol, then obviously, yeah, it amounts up. Mm. Like, what were you going to say? How much do you spend? I don't know. How much would you say? A couple in their 20s. Obviously, we have less outgoings than yourself but what would you say is an acceptable amount in your opinion so food just food food uh food and a little bit of booze a little bit of booze and a couple a couple of my what my wife is nadia isn't working this week or next so it's it's we can't do anything but it is still a holiday you know yeah so a couple of little treats yeah you gotta treat yourself yeah I think you probably spent about one twenty. Oh, ne- nearly bang on one, one, one hundred and eleven pounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, which uh, you know what? You're both working. Yeah, you're both young. You're both working. You and you're on holiday holiday mode a little bit with Nad being off. And that's something we're going to talk about. Nad might be one of our upcoming guests in the next yeah, few yeah, weeks, yeah. which I think would be great. I think she'd be great. I think it'd be good to have a female dimension as well, possibly. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Bit of female wit perspective to counterbalance our gruff male perspective on the world. There's too much testosterone in here. We should open a window. I think we should get some. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, we're not particularly macho. This room is not. You're wearing wearing a Gymshark hoodie. (laughs) Don't be advertising. You are. You're. You're enough macho for this show. <laughs> Tragically, I'm wearing training gear. I'm not training, but yeah. <laughs> you I'm just wearing it because it's a warm hoodie, gym. and I've been this afternoon outside with the kids quite a bit. After we Sit went in the sauna at the gym, and that's your workout. Yeah. Well, there's no gym going these days, and I haven't gone to a gym for about three years. We train at home now. We train. Yeah. That could be our next topic. From shopping, how much do you spend on your shopping? We train at home. Recently, I do all our training in the garden and at the beach and stuff. Just chucking logs around and pulling up weeds. Yeah, yeah. I was gardening yesterday, helping parents dig and lay flags. And honestly, after two, three hours, I thought, don't have them cut out for this. As a, that's the dream. I want to do that as a job. Do you know what I mean? I'd love to do that. I've yeah. been looking at vans. I went to look at vans on Friday with Vicky and Reese and. Uh, that's the dream. Get a nice, cool van, and instead of being stuck in a job that you are learning to hate slowly and getting worn down, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Finding well, work that you know. Yeah, yeah. Is is the dream job out there? How accessible is the dream job? Will you ever find work that will fully satisfy what you're after? Mm. These are all questions we can consider. But I have one question for you. What, if you didn't have a budget, what is your dream van? 
no budget. I mean, you still got to insure it and, and pay tax and stuff. I don't know. We were looking at like, like nice customs, Ford customs, and Vivaros, like a Vauxhall Vivaro. But yeah, yeah, they're nice vans, and they're not too pricey. But you know, it's one of them. Whether you go for one that's like four years old and it's got a hundred thousand on the clock, and it might have been hammered in those four years, like on a lease or a, do you know what I mean? And then you're picking up somebody's second-hand van, and it's still ten to thirteen grand, and the new one is about twenty-one or twenty. So you think, yeah, that's seven grand difference between a brand new and a van that's four years old. You can have to MOT. Do you know what I mean? It might have been hammered, and it's got a hundred thousand miles on the clock. So. Yeah. It's a bit of a war you know, to weigh these, up. These, these are the kind of questions we should be opening up to our listeners. God, if we had listeners and we could say <laughs> things like, should you buy a four-year-old van with a hundred grand on the clock or yeah. hundred thousand miles on the clock or get a new van? I suppose it's, it depends how invested you are in, in paving yeah. your way to this new dream. That's right. How real is the dream for yeah. you to quit this job that you're not enjoying and start gardening? I know. To go from a professional job that you've done for 20 plus years to, you know, something that's a bit of a leap of faith. If you hear any screaming, it's the kids still in the garden screaming. This is not a soundproof it's... room. <laughs> it's screaming. <laughs> kids screaming uh, in the background. But yeah, yeah, like you're saying, it's a five-year commitment, things like vans. It's like your mobile office, though. I think you represent yourself. I'm going to go from being a professional to being a white van man, but proud of it. Do you know what I mean? Doing some graft and just coming in exhausted, too tired to play with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> no trampolining today, kids. Yeah. I mean, we've been trampolining just this afternoon to ACDC. It is a Sunday, I have to add. It's not a kind of typical work day for us, but no. anyway. Trampolining and running around and doing all kinds of stuff. So, anyway, what can we talk about? There's so many things to talk about this week. I thought, first one, before we come, maybe this could be a, a separate to your dilemma. Have you got a dilemma this week for Joe's Dilemma? I, do you know what? I didn't realise we were going to do Joe's Dilemma. I didn't think that I would consistently have dilemmas, moral dilemmas every week, but it turns out I do. So I have actually, I haven't written anything down. It's unscripted, but I mm. could try and unpackage it out of my head and see mm. what you think, because it is quite a good one, actually. Cool. Okay. Um, but we, we could do that briefly, if you like. Yeah, let's do it, because I've got a slight one that happened just after our last pod. But yeah, let's hear yours, because it's your item... Joe's Dilemma. Okay, okay, here we go. I need to write some music on the back on, on the piano for background music to Joe's Dilemma. Don't definitely, I? definitely. And it will be in a minor key. I'll tell you that for free. Um, <laughs> so, as as I have often um, commented on in this podcast, we live in the city centre. We live in a city centre of a northern city, and. Um, which means we see all sorts of people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it just so happens that in the building in which we live, we see the more sinister side of a city, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I won't go into too much detail. But the other day, right, um, my wife and I, we were just relaxing. I think it was like a Sunday afternoon. And we heard, we live on the second floor of a, a flight of stairs. Uh, in, in, in the building with the, and the stairs the flight of stairs are just outside our apartment mm. 
and we hear this uh, this toddler, no, maybe about four or five year old little boy, and he's screaming, he's screaming, he's screaming, really, really distressed. And he's with these two women, and they're kind of not forcing him, but forcing him, but kind of pushing him down the stairs. And it's really, it's not. It didn't sound like a tantrum. Mm. It sounded more like he was getting pushed somewhere he didn't want to go. Mm. So much so, actually, we've got a Portuguese family that live opposite us over the corridor. Mm. And they kind of opened the door and they put their heads out and kind of looked like, what's going on? Because it was quite quite unsettling. So Nadia was like, oh, man, you should probably go into what's going on. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I should involve myself in this, which is effectively what the moral dilemma is. I went downstairs and they kind of had him in the back of the car and he was like banging on the window. And I kind of just caught one of the women as she was getting in the car and I said, hey, is everything okay? And he, she was like, oh, yeah, it's just kicking off. Don't worry. And I was like, <laughs> right. And that, that is my moral dilemma because mm. I think you often come across different situations like this where you think the, the dilemma is, should I involve myself or should I not? Mm-hmm. Where to draw the line? It's quite a broad that's a great dilemma. That is a great dilemma, especially in the city or anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you see something that could be a crime. That's it. Yeah, you're not sure if it's a kidnapping, even of a child, and it's like, yeah, how how far do you get involved? So, what do yeah. you do in the end? What was your uh... Nadia took down the license plate. Mm. She took a copy of that. Mm. And we were kind of umming and ahhing as to whether to forward that onto the police. Mm. Um, in all honesty, we didn't do anything. We didn't chase it up. Mm. We were just hoping, praying that this little boy was just having a really bad tantrum and didn't want to go somewhere. Yeah. It, it did seem odd, and, and it did. I did. I, you know, not in a weird way but I thought, oh, this would make a really good podcast conversation. <laughs> <Point>. <laughs> Um, yeah probably should have called the police but what do you think man yeah I think you did the right thing so you actually went downstairs and you went to the front of the building yeah just to let them know that people can see what's going on yeah yeah you know our side of the building had heard the screams yeah yeah. so if they were kidnappers they weren't very good because you know they kind of gave the game away by alerting everybody and then yeah they were in there which which Precisely that point, I thought if they really were manhandling this little boy mm. and taking him somewhere that he didn't, he wasn't supposed to be going, mm. then I think they'd be a lot more discreet about it. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? You didn't hear them saying good. anything untoward like, we'll get a good price for this one, or it was nothing <laughs> like that. That no, would be a lot. I didn't hear any more no sales talk. Just, mm. yeah, but it was, it was, it, was, it left kind of a weird atmosphere for a couple of hours we're thinking that was really strange um, yeah it didn't look good you know especially as mm. I won't d- um, Come on. disclaim her profession but Nadia worked for children so yeah 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 you know, she, she sees a lot of yeah things anyway, safeguarding so, yeah. she's aware of safeguarding yeah. issues oh, well, yeah precisely precisely fearful yeah. of yeah I mean, I think whatever your profession, if you see something like that going on, you're going to be, whether you're a teacher or a police officer or whatever you are, you're going to go, oh, should I get involved? I have yeah. to admit, my, my failing or whatever it's a failing, I always get involved. 
from a young age. I remember being in the city centre when I was in my late teens with a few friends. And it's not the same as what you're talking about, but it is the same. I saw this guy, this huge, big meathead, you know, bodybuilder type, and he was with a few of his similar friends, huge, big fellas in their 30s. To me as a teenager, they seemed pretty pretty intimidating. Stood by a bus stop mm-hmm. some yards away from where we were. I think it was quite early hours of the morning. And uh, he was shouting at his girlfriend and slapping her a bit, knocking her. Oh, you And me and my friend, we looked at each other and said, oh, should we say something? And he was really getting a bit physical. And this was a busy mm-hmm. street and no one, no one seemed to be batting an eye to, you know, paying any attention. And I said, well, if he hits her properly, we should do something, definitely. And uh, what would you do in that situation? Oh, I don't know, man. I'm looking at you with your new beard and your Gymshark hoodie thinking, yeah, you, <laughs> you probably fancied yourself. I was a scrawny little teenager, maker. like any teenager, though. Oh, man, like me, with my, especially right now, wearing a little hair clip, I'm, barely, I'm <laughs> never going to go up to him and go, hey, mister, stop that. Um, I, I, that's domestic violence, straight up, isn't it? Hitting a girl, that's just yeah, horrendous that that kind of thing happens in public. Mm. Do you know what I mean? At least do it behind doors, <laughs> just a joke. Um, we sh- I would have called the police, I think. Yeah, this is before, actually, this is before mobile phones were kind of commonly... Oh, really? Really, yeah, I don't think I would have had a mobile on me. So it wasn't like you would have had to fly down a, a police car or, you know, go to a call box. This was kind of in yeah. the 90s, so, yeah, that is the that is the thing you do now, isn't it? You'd ring the police, absolutely. Yeah, and you'd say, somebody. Yeah, you'd say there's physical violence going on in the street, especially if it's a big man or any kind of man. Against a woman, it just seems especially obnoxious and foul, doesn't it? If it was a woman beating up a man, you'd still think, well, that's not right. Any kind of abuse, physical abuse, has got to be objected to, but anyway. Yeah, it's abhorrent behaviour. You don't want to hear the end of, do you want to hear the end of, the, end of the story? Actually, no, no, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, of course. What did you I don't want think you I can do? tell you the end of the story. No, go on, go <laughs> on, it's almost, No, I don't know. I did intervene, yeah. Really? Yeah. Good man, what, I'll did say, you say something? I intervened. And then ran hell for leather. That's better than doing nothing. I intervened and then ran. What did you just shout, like, stop that? No. I mean, I wasn't like, do you know what I mean? I, he, he probably punched her. That was the thing. He punched her in the side of the head. So I kind of, you know, intervened. And then, because before his friends could turn around and see what had happened, I legged it. And my mate was close that, behind, that, anyway. That is heroic. We should have... Oh, but mate. I was good at running. I was better at running than scrapping, so I just thought, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't really told you the details, have I? But, yeah, that was... No, that one, I'm definitely give him something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it's a good dilemma. I like that one about the child. Yeah, that's a tricky one, isn't it? We've got to be so aware of things going on, because it, it could happen, couldn't it? Anyway... So, should we move on from the dilemma? That was a great dilemma. Any thoughts, yeah. any opinions from the audience, please feel free to uh, message us on our uh, Twitter. Or, I think the Twitter's the only one, really. <laughs> Peasants Up North Twitter account. Feel free to follow us. Uh, yeah, go for it. Follow us, send us messages. Tell us what you think of the latest pod. Okay. <laughs> should we move on to... Grooming and beards in the lockdown 
season, mm-hmm. being her mm-hmm. suits, what what are your thoughts? Is it especially working from home because I know you're working from home? Is mm-hmm. it is it easier or harder to maintain previous standards of grooming and so on? What do you think? For me personally, I mean, on one hand, you've got more time in the morning because you're not commuting, so mm. you could channel that into trying to look good. But then, secondly, my my hair, as we've mentioned a couple of times already, is longer than it's ever been, <laughs> um, and I'm being super strict this time. I'm I'm really really holding out until is it the twelfth of April, thirteenth of April, when the the hairdressers open? Right. Yeah. My, my barber, he texted me and he said, look, I'm, I'm doing cuts in my conservatory, wow. so come around if you fancy a cut. Wow. And um, I thought that's still illegal. Is it? Is it his own house, conservatory? Yeah, his own house. His own house. Wow. Um, so, and I thought, after having, after, um, we discussed this on the last part, after getting, having the virus, yeah. I'm just really, really trying not to break any boundaries so yeah. I, I've even said to him no the day you reopen I'm going to I'm booking myself back in I've already mm. booked an appointment mm. um, have you got less to worry about when you're working from home you know if you're on video conferencing you people only see your head and shoulders I suppose <laughs> so as long as that section's sorted you could wear anything couldn't you swimming trunks to speedos what, yeah. yeah I mean what do you think I don't know. I think the hairdressing thing is hard. Not being able to go to the barbers and stuff is tough. And I think just the last couple of weeks I've grown a beard because I just thought my hair is getting longer. I'm being clean shaven and long haired. I just think it feel a bit feminine. Normally really? I have quite, yeah, normally I have fairly short, like yourself, you know, kind of tidy, not skin headed, yeah. but you know what I mean? Just a short, shortish haircut. And I just felt like, you know what? A beard looks better when you've got longer hair, I think. You know what I mean? I just think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long hair and clean shaven hair. I don't know. It just seemed like a little bit girly looking. That's just my opinion. <laughs> That's why I agree. It's one of the reasons. Oh yeah, oh, I, I agree. I 100 percent agree. And it's the time of year. We're seeing all those lovely pictures of Jesus. You know, I just thought if it's good, if he's got a beard, he's the man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, That's a first century yeah. icon. Yeah. All the Romans had. They were beardless, weren't they? And all the. The pagans were beardless, but the Jews had lovely beards. They had to, didn't they, according to the, the old Mosaic law. So that, That's right. I, I'm looking like a girly ash Roman right now. I really am. Well, no, you look fine. You look fine. And I'm saying you have to be her suit to uh, look good at all, because normally I'm clean-shaven. I've been clean-shaven pretty much the last five years, but I don't know. I might shave it off tomorrow. I'm saying all that. I bought some beard oil, though, to kind of keep it... Looking succulent. I've never ever bought that before. I bought some beard oil. Anyway, so moving on, moving on. Should we press on? To press our next, on. I thought the next thing we could talk about maybe was Scarfell Pike Mountain section. Oh yeah, yeah. We are covering some uh, some ground. Some ground here. Yeah, literally. We are. Continues just two of us. Apologies to the listeners that there's not the third protagonist. I mean. Yeah. We are. We have got several people in the wings waiting to take up that role, male and female. And we did have Dan in Barcelona ready to go, but as I say, he had to pull out last minute due to being very, very, very tired because the baby was up all night. And the little man, 
little man, Mateo, is only a few months old, isn't he? He is beautiful looking. Yeah. Really. He looks great. He looks great. And they look very happy, but just tired. Anyway, I thought, yeah, we could do a little section on walking. Not like mountain climbing or anything, like too dangerous, but we could talk about mountains, different mountains. Mm, I, well, on our experience. Great time, great time to talk about this because the restrictions are being lifted. So mm. all of those areas in the UK that attract a lot of tourists are prepping themselves, aren't they, for the influx? Yeah. Scarfell, we did about a year ago, didn't we? Or just before lockdown. That's wasn't, right. Wasn't a great time. It was in the winter as well, wasn't it? So we were limited. It was a great day. You, me, and Reese did it. And, uh, it was a great day, but we didn't have that much daylight. We were conscious that it was going to go dark at five-ish. It was before the clocks went, was it forward? Yes, but the end sprung forward. So we were conscious we had to be pretty much down. We wanted to be off the mountain by five, didn't we? That's right, yeah. And we started. Do you remember what time we started? Do you know, I remember getting up early. Yeah. Despite how the day unraveled, we, we, we made an effort to get there pretty early, didn't we? Do you think, I, I think we were pretty late, right? Because do you know what time we actually started walking? And we did the long route. We started at 11 from the oh, cars. Oh, did we? I thought yeah. it was, I thought, I, did we not leave at? Nine-ish. Oh, no, maybe we did. In my head, I thought we left at like six in the morning. Should have done. Should have done, yeah, yeah. we were a bit lazy. We didn't leave till about nine. And then we got yeah. there about 11-ish, walking at 11. So we had six hours. We were thinking three hours up, three hours down. But it didn't quite turn out like that. Uh, it was... Are we going to explain, are we going to describe what unfolded on that day? Well, it was a good day, the weather was good, it was bright, it wasn't too cold, it, even though it was wintry, you know, it was it was clear and bright and dry. It was good in that respect, wasn't it? But um, we, we had all our gear, it wasn't like we were going up there in shorts and flip-flops. We had all the right gear on, as you do. I mean, your, your rucksack was a little bit... A little bit girly. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. You guys came equipped with all of the essentials, map, compass, lots of carby nuts and pastas and <laughs> Pasta. all the right yeah. food. I think I brought, I brought like a Lunchables <laughs> half, meal a half deal. Tesco meal deal. I don't know, your good. little can of uh, Fanta or something, no, wasn't no. it? A little bit of water. We're not we're not going to dissect and, and criticise your kit, man, because you were fine. You were travelling light. You were like a commando. You had very little stuff, but I mean, you were more like a trail runner, ready to run up there and back again. Yeah, that's but, it. Yeah, I think it, our map reading failed us, didn't it? Going up, we missed the key path that we were looking for, and we just went with the herd. There were lots of people, and we carried on. And yeah. it took us a bit long getting up there, didn't it? It took us, I think it was at half three by the time we got up there, and we were like, man, this has taken us four we, hours. Yeah, we should have reached the summit way faster than we did. Yeah, like two and a half hours, because we were moving at a pace, but we did a real looping, meandering way up. And then when we got there, it was like half three. We literally down, threw some butties down our neck, didn't we? Had a quick coffee. Yeah. And then it was like, right, lads, that's it, ten minutes. Should we start going down? Because it's half three, we're thinking we've got an hour and a half to get down as much as we can yeah, before yeah, it goes yeah. dark. Yeah. And then we missed that same path again. What was that little path that we kept missing? We missed on the way up and we missed down. There was a particular path that we needed. Oh, what yeah, was, was it called? It was called um, something Corridor, wasn't it? It was. It was the Corridor. Yeah, you're right. Corridor of Uncertainty. That's where we ended. 
that wasn't the right car. And we ended up on like some little track that wasn't even a. Oh, oh man. The slightest That was scary. That was, yeah, that and we came scary. down in the valley at right angles to where we wanted to go. And we ended up in that valley and it was going dark, wasn't it? And we got down by that river and it was going dark and we were like, uh oh. It was going dark, the wind was picking up. I think it rained a little bit, but thankfully it wasn't. Yeah heavy rain but i remember being at the bottom of a little valley thinking we're completely off route yeah, yeah, now. yeah. and this map <laughs> is of no use to us because we don't actually we were really uncertain as to where we were on the map we were about 90 percent sure where we were and then we carried on walking until we came to that farmer's it was like a stone wall wasn't it that ran across where we were going that's right but by yeah, then it was going yeah. dark and it was all rocky and we couldn't find, there was no particular path as such and then we came to that we realised when we got to that farmer's wall we worked out exactly where we were on the map so that was something but then the real glaring failing in our kit situation was brought to light which was our torches we had like yeah, two head torches right. two head torches out of three of us and one of them went straight away on the blink because it was rubbish yeah. And the other one, so we were relying on one little hand torch that I had in my backpack, which wasn't great, and one head torch that I think Reese had that was still good. So that was the situation, wasn't it? We we, were, we couldn't really see. I think that was what it was blowing an absolute gale then, wasn't oh, it? Yeah. It was freezing. Yeah. It was blowing a gale, and it was pitch black, and every step was a little bit tricky. And we'd been walking then from eleven. It was getting on for like six, seven. Clock. Yeah, mm. we, we 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 ended up on a pretty nasty incline. Was it? It was either on Great Gable or next to Great Gable. Do you remember mm. that? That it was, was. It was. That was most certainly the nadir of the whole day. It was <laughs> pitch black, yeah. winds blowing like mad, and we had we were taking it in turns to shift that heavy backpack that you guys had brought. I mean, the backpack, it was more the leading who was going to go in the lead, wasn't it? With the torch, who was leading? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because not Uh, all of us could see. And it just, at that point, it seemed endless. It seemed (laughs) like we'd been walking for forever. We had, we had, man, non-stop from 11 o'clock. Do you remember looking, thinking, okay, well, if this isn't the right way, at least in the distance behind us, there's little spots of light coming from a campsite. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that. I remember looking at that and thinking, if this all goes P-Tong, we can turn back and head towards that light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. We actually had, we toyed with the idea of going to it, didn't we? Heading to it straight off and going, let's just get to that camp. But our phones had all died, hadn't they? All our phones, no signal. Uh, Do you know what? Gr- growing up in Carlisle, I grew up in Carlisle, and growing up, very close to the Lake District, I would hear stories of walkers, ramblers getting lost and losing their lives. Yeah. And think, how is that even possible? Like, <laughs> the Lake District isn't that big, but mm. goodness me. We showed you. Me. Horses. We, we showed you. The... We showed you that day that it is possible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> all the evidence I needed. Miss a few paths in, and go out in the middle of winter and not have good torches. And like, yeah, yeah, once, yeah. If you make a few mistakes reading the map, then yeah. You and do you know what the scary thing is? The scary thing is, you, Reese, and I, we are all relatively fit guys. Yeah. 
we were toying with the idea of taking a couple of mates who were nowhere near as fit as they would need to be to oh, to handle been, that. Yeah, that could have been really sketchy. It could have been if we'd had yeah even one other person with us who couldn't have kept going because we were all prepared just to carry on walking, no matter how yeah, cold yeah. and windy and wild it was, and it was pitch black, wasn't it? There was no moonlight. It was pitch black, so every step yeah. was a little bit like every step. We could break the ankle here, or really hurt the leg, ankle, foot, and it was like that, wasn't it? It was like it wasn't just when you jump running along in daylight, thinking, "Yeah, it's fine, we're lost, it doesn't matter." It was that being off track. Even though we knew we were on track, it was like, right, we've got to get from X to Z in the dark, and the path went over like or outcrops, didn't it? And you were like clambering over outcrops, trying to refine the path. Every time you came over an outcrop, you're like, "Where's the path? Who's got the torch?" And it was like, yeah, it was the blind leading the blind, really, wasn't it? It really was. It really was yeah, for was... a good amount of time as well. But then, thankfully, we met up with those two other guys. Do you remember? They were bombing along with head torches on. Yeah. They were, yeah. Yeah, they were fully equipped for uh, a nighttime ramble. But yeah. and then we kind of and then even they they said, oh yeah, just follow us. So we were behind them for a little bit. And then we lost them, and we were back in the dark again. Do you remember? We, we by that point, I think we were we were. Home and yeah. safe. Yeah, we knew where we were heading roughly. It was like one of those emergency little shelter things, wasn't it, where we saw them. Did they say followers? I think they were just like, yeah, it's some sound. You're nearly off the mountain now. It's fine. It's yeah, And then they just true. carried on bombing along. But yeah. It was a little bit what hairy. What a day. What but a day. I know. And on the news, they'd been on the news. I know your family had seen this and your wife had seen this. Three fellas had to be rescued. <sighs> on Scarfell Pike that very day afternoon yeah so obviously yeah. they were thinking it's our it's our Reese, Joe and we had no way of telling them till we got back no. to the car and managed to get some reception that we're fine but by then it was like half nine at night so we'd not really spoken to them from like 11 in the morning so they'd had nearly like 10 hours going are they dead have they just been rescued What's going all, on? All, all, all of the needed ingredients for a really good thriller. thriller. Three lads, no signal. Well, maybe not a thriller. Three Muppets. Three Muppets lost on in the Lake Districts, on the Lake District's biggest belt. No uh, signal, running out of provisions, no torch. We had, tons, oh, no, we had tons of food. We had tons of food we hadn't even touched because we were moving. We were consciously trying to get down as fast as we could. In the, I knew we had loads of food and we had loads of waterproofs. It was more so, the fear of like... Is it, I, I uh, don't know. But the, the, yeah, we had loads of food. I, I actually remember that day you guys introduced me to honey roasted peanuts. I'd seen them, <laughs> but I'd never eaten them. And I eat them a lot now, actually. Oh, my. So that's one silver lining of that day. <laughs> uh, every time I watch football, I get honey roasted peanuts. They're amazing. Anyway... Um, we there was one point where I ran out of water. You guys still had enough, yeah. And um, I brought that fancy water bottle. Do you remember that had a filter in cool, to yeah. filter out impurities in water? Mm. And I, I was so desperate. I was like, I'm going to have to really put my money where my mouth is here and try this water bottle in the stream. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, because I have drank out of a river in the Lake District before and got really badly ill. Really. Because there must have been some rotting sheep further <laughs> upstream. Honestly, yeah. it gave me a really wobbly tummy. Yeah. But, uh, but I was fine, thankfully, that day. The straw worked. It all worked out. 
I mean, don't make it sound like we wouldn't have. We were, we were sharing provisions, man. Don't make it sound like we were forcing you to drink out of some fetid little pond. Oh, no, we, it was, we, it was <laughs> we getting coffee. sketchy. You guys were looking at me with side eyes, thinking, the, oh, he's, he's the weakling here. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Let him die. <laughs> no, you were the, we said afterwards you were the fittest out of all of us because Reese was carrying more weight then. He was like the kind of bodybuilding type. I feel he like was, I was yeah. kind of in the middle and you were like the super lean. Marathon man, you had no problems fitness wise. You know what I mean? By the end, I think you weren't the weak link at all, fit in terms of fitness and keeping going. I think we were all weak. What we learned, what did we learn from that experience? Well, go on, you tell us what you learned in there. <laughs> well, I mean, na- naturally, if you're going to do a big walk in a, a ma- on a major felt, give yourself enough time yeah. and be be fully prepared. Make sure you have got the right stuff with you in case it it does go south yeah 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 absolutely I mean what I think you? exactly that I think you've got to give yourself more time you've got to say right if we get waylaid and we have to we go 40 minutes or an hour longer than we wanted to getting up there and the same could happen coming down we didn't equate for that we thought we'll bomb up in three be down in three and that that would have been a push but we could have done it in six hours you know some people do it in two and a half but we took some meandering routes and didn't read the map very well going up. We were too busy gabbing probably, taking in all the views. But I think the thing I learned was, yeah, go up earlier, be aware of what time of year it is, because obviously it was going dark at five then. And also head torches, I think it's so important for that reason. If you get, I've been on mountains coming down before and it's like, you know, it's a panic to try and get down because you're thinking, ah, no, we get stuck. We've had young ones with us in the past, you know, going back years and years. Mm. And like when Reese was younger and that. And yeah, it's a panic getting down because you're worried about getting caught in the dark. So I think having really good head torches is as important almost as water, just in case you do get. But I think the rest of it, we were well wrapped up. We had good boots. We had loads of food, loads of drink, loads of water. It was just the torches and our shoddy map reading skills, <laughs> possibly. I take more, I pick most of the responsibility for that because I. I think I had the map, didn't I? So I wasn't really looking properly. Yeah. But anyway, it was good. I do, I've got a really nice memory from that day. I mean, the walk itself, until it got dark and we got a bit lost, Mm. was great. And then after we got back down to our car, we had some noodles. We fried some noodles. We let our respective loved ones know that we were were in fact okay and still alive. After the noodles. Uh, after the noodle, yeah, we noodles came first, and then we listened to some great music on the drive home. I remember that was a nice drive. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was a good day. It was a great day. Good day. Good day. Pre-COVID days. Ah, oh, what you wouldn't give to be back in pre-COVID days, eh? Yeah. Yeah, in some ways. I mean, we've had good and bad, haven't we, over this whole horrible lockdown period. And uh, but that was a good memory. And we could do that again very soon. We'll do another mountain soon and maybe discuss what happened after the event. That could be a good little mountain review. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, film review, gear review. But anyway. So we've done the dilemma. We've done a little mountain review. There's so many things I've written down. What do you think about this new law that's coming in? The government have introduced a new law to do with protests and policing. And I know yeah, there's a lot of yeah. people causing trouble in Bristol and places. I mean, this might be old news when people listen to it, but this, the police asked for these powers after the 
what was it, the Extinction Rebellion people in 2019 had to, took over London and stuff. And obviously, it's kind of outlawing even peaceful protests. What are your thoughts on that? Don't want to get too political, but no, as, a, no. as a law, how do you think that law Two, could be used? 2006, Boris Johnson said, freeborn Englishmen and women can no longer walk a few hundred paces down the Queen's pavement to Downing Street to protest at the closure of their local hospital. Mm. That's what he said in 2006. Mm. He was pro-protest. Yeah. Uh, but now, no longer, it's he's passed... This, this law that's been passed would sit absolutely perfectly in a Chinese or Russian legal system, wouldn't it? It's, mm. it's illiberal, mm. is my opinion. Um, we, we live in a country where free speech is something that we are all about and he's changing that slightly what do you think yeah i mean it's interesting but it does seem a bit alarming that you can be locked up fined after you've had a warning however that warning appears and if you don't move straight away they can just grab you but you think could that be used for other things if people want to gather for various reasons religious reasons or mm. to protest or even the right to strike you know you think as a as union people are they going to be disallowed from protesting in the union sense about you know paying conditions or some other grievance how will that it, law it, be it, used because that's peaceful protest isn't it i mean at the end of the day it is it was always classed as a human right wasn't it to peacefully protest you're not damaging anything you're not hurting anybody yeah i suppose that one of the angles on this um, law that's been passed is it increases the maximum sentence for defacing a memorial from three months to ten years mm. and allows police to restrict pro protests if the noise they make has a relative impact on people in their vicinity mm. so it's noise which, yeah, which, well, I mean that is a shame when you're seeing memorials being defaced but mm. making an impact on the, isn't that what a protest is all about? It's to try and mm. raise awareness for whatever it is that people are protesting about. I suppose you'd have to work within the parameters, but if the parameters become so narrow that like you can stand there exactly. but be totally silent, but where are you allowed to stand? That's the next thing. You're not allowed to stand on the pavement. or And then if it upsets somebody... This is something I've come across recently in, in work, and I had to say this at a meeting, that just because someone complains or is offended, or their worldview is slightly challenged in some way, whether it's, you know, anything, it could be religion, politics, it could be diets, someone dares to say something and they feel challenged by it, it doesn't necessarily mean that other person's done something wrong by daring no. to voice something or to say, hey, have you seen these facts? Look at this World Health Authority. And I've had this recently in work and I said that that's a slippery slope. And we quite a few people you know quite a few of us were discussing this and it was quite a serious meeting really and I had to say just because someone feels offended mm. doesn't necessarily mean that some guy I work with sent me a cracking video and it was good and bad because it was like it was some kind of born again Christian evangelicals doing carol singing so it must have been Christmas just gone and okay. uh, I think they must have been shouting stuff like Father Christmas isn't real at people who are Christmas shopping eat as whatever Christmas shopping was allowed during the lockdown period. I think it was just before right. we went back into lockdown. But obviously the police were 
you know, coming over to them, threatening to move them on because of the disturbance. But it was more the fact that they were saying, Father Christmas isn't real. I think they were using the carols as a little bit of a cover, but because people were obviously offended by that sentiment being shouted, because these kind of evangelicals wanted people to, I don't know, focus more on Jesus and so on at Christmas. Do you know what I mean? But it comes back to that yeah, idea that where does it where does it end if someone goes, Well, I received a letter about, you know, Jesus or God or the Bible or if someone held up a placard saying, Read the Bible and someone goes, Bible's got stuff in it that's you know, against homosexuality or something, then then what? How dare you mention the Bible? You know, where does that end if someone's offended by something? I don't know, just the idea that you can't peacefully even communicate, possibly. It could be used for that, yeah. couldn't it? That you're not yeah, allowed yeah. to voice any opinion of any description. I don't know if it's a slippery or Orwellian slope that we're heading down. I don't know. What do you it, think? It is. It's interesting. It is because a lot of political progress that has been made in the past began in the form of a protest. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, have we seen examples various governments using the pandemic as a tool to clamp down on you know different liberties mm. will that set a dangerous precedent these are interesting questions to ask aren't they well put yeah exactly these are the times we live in that things are creeping up on us maybe we're not fully aware of or maybe as a society we're not fully aware of but it's it's leading to something isn't it that's a mm. bit more uh perhaps Victorian, you know, sort of, I don't know, you think of Peterloo and those kind of events where innocent crowds were charged. And as you say, yeah, people have achieved great things over the last 150 years, union rights, work rights, you know, things that came about for the common good. It's been yeah. through peaceful pro protests, hasn't it? And the people who've been the most effective around the world, like the Gandhis, were the ones who were peacefully protesting rather than, you know, taking up arms and obviously sometimes that did achieve ends you think of people like Michael Collins in, in Ireland they were men of the gun really ultimately weren't they they were violent men <laughs> and they got they got somewhere but you wonder whether they would have got further perhaps if they'd been more peaceful and I don't know mm. but the people yeah you think it is a human right to protest we haven't really expressed a big opinion about it. I think we have expressed an opinion about it that it's not a good thing no and that's it we want we do we want to stay relatively Neutral. Unopinionated? I don't know. It's, it's a great conversation to have because it's happening right before our eyes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Good one. I think we've covered it. That it's something for people to be aware of and, you know, not blindly yeah. just accept things without any discussion or, I don't know, debate. Mm. Mm. Coming to our final film review. Did we have a film? I thought Ooh, we were discussing that. Yeah. Sean Penn film, Into the Wild, which has been out for many years. Do you know what, man? I have totally forgotten to watch that, but I will happily <laughs> sit here and listen to your review. No, no, I, no. Know, I, I have watched it in the past, but I should have watched it this week, and it slipped my mind. So what? why, why do you like the film so much? Eh, the soundtrack, Eddie Vedder, great soundtrack. Stands alone as a great soundtrack, whether it was on that film. The acting, some of the acting's amazing. Yeah. Some of the actors in it, fantastic. Lead actor being, for any listeners that haven't seen Into the Wild. 
Oh, mate, don't put me on the spot. That's for actual details. I don't know who's the main guy in it. He's a young guy. He reminds me of our Dan, actually. Does he? The, the guy who plays the older fellow, he passed away recently. He won an, uh, an award in his twilight years for his brief, you know, appearance in the film. Okay. You expect me to have okay. details and facts in front of me if I'm going to review a film in any way, don't you? But I haven't. <laughs> it's just a great <laughs> film. Sean Penn, great director. I mean, yeah. it's uh, Emil Hirsch, the guy who plays Chris, and he's, cool. uh, he's a great actor. So wh- wh- what's the, um, if you could surmise the film, what's the story, very briefly? Eh, it's about a young guy. It's a true story, isn't it? About this young man who decides he doesn't want to be a part of modern society in terms of materialism and he wants to get out and just his ultimate goal is to go to Alaska and just kind of live in the wild I mean he is planning to take a rifle he's not so crazy he's not going out there where there's all bears and and all you know wolves and stuff that he's not going to take a rifle but he kind of he ditches his car and burns his money and he doesn't want to buy into the way his parents he's got a real I won't spoil it by telling you what's going on but he's got a real problem with his family his parents their hypocrisy mm. as he sees it as individuals so he he kind of takes himself off and he meets all these interesting people along the way do you know what I mean it's like a kind of mm. it's like a road movie really and he's meeting all these really free spirited people and he's getting their story and the guy the older guy Hal Holbrook plays the old guy Ron in the film and that's a beautiful moment where they kind of he meets this guy Ron and learns about his where his wife had gone and their child and it's really tragic and this old guy and him get a connection and that's a beautiful moment but he ends up in Alaska and I'm not going to tell you what happens the actual bus the iconic bus that was there they recently moved yeah, in there yeah, yeah, yeah. because loads of people were trying to get to this iconic old beautiful kind of school bus like an American school bus I think it is and loads of people were getting into difficulties because of the rivers that would flood and people were getting trapped and the, the people who the authorities around there decided we've got to move this bus. And I think they airlifted it. They got a huge helicopter and carried it wow. to a local town. But people were like, had mixed feelings about this because they thought, I don't know how it got there in the original, how it originally was driven out there. You think, how did it get there? It must have been, was there a road? Was there a track? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Interesting. I want to say how the film ends, but just a great film, a really interesting film. Ultimately, it's sad. It's so tragic in many ways. You know, the family, his family the people he meets I mean he's got some really interesting actors you know a variety of actors got Vince Vaughn in it and you know just some really interesting William Hurt plays his dad and do you think it it appeals to anybody you know on different levels anybody who is a bit stuck in the rut um, yeah yeah. living a life that they're a little bit fed up of and are grasping at something completely different. What's that? What's that? Uh, we were talking about a poem, uh, a line from a poem earlier this week. Yeah. Some many men live in. Most men live lives of quiet desperation. Yeah. Is yeah. it a variation on that theme a little bit? Too? It is. It is. It's the fact that we know that this world isn't set up right and we want to do something perhaps not aggressive you want to just take yourself out of it but the world is so overcrowded mm. and overpopulated the wild spaces are being destroyed slowly aren't they and, and taken away we live in these very cramped urban suburban spaces 
and yeah, he just wants yeah. to get away from it. So yeah, it appeals to us on that level that this this guy in real life, Chris, what was his name, McCandless, he wants to just get away from it all and just find himself. But it sounds really selfish, that doesn't it, and self-indulgent. And in a way, I guess it is, because he kind of, he's not overly concerned about other people. No. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's like he's disowning the world, but he's not going towards some other particular spiritual truth. He's just going, I don't want all that. Which is possibly right. Do you know what I mean? All the materialism and all the, the hatred and greed. And he's trying to disown that. And you kind of admire him for that. You think, wow, yeah, he was cool. That was cool. But mm. the other side of the coin was, was it just really self-indulgent and a little bit selfish? How, how much, how, yeah, how much should you be around for the people in your life? It's a good question, isn't it? Almost. It's like he, my friend Big Peter, who's spent time in a monastery. He's a great guy. But you know that idea of taking yourself out of society, you kind of go, yeah, I get it. You don't want to be a part of the corruption and the what he perceives as immorality and all that kind of stuff. I get that kind of spirituality aspect, like the guy Chris in the film. But then is it selfish just to kind of go, for me, I'm going to go off and be a hermit in the mountains or in a monastery on a mountainside? Do you know what I mean? Are you actually doing any good? Are you fighting the fight? Are you doing what you're meant to do? I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, no, it's a great uh, film. I, I recommend I it. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah, because, you know, maybe we all do that to a certain degree in our own lives. We, you know, it doesn't mean moving to the middle of nowhere, moving to Alaska, but we distance ourselves from certain aspects of our lives. Is it, you know, mm. sorry, this is a very clunky <laughs> way of expressing but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. we... Is it selfish or are we trying to just save our own emotional and mental health by not involving ourselves in certain Sometimes, social domains? Yeah, yeah. It comes back. I think we come full circle to the start. I mean, there's a million other things we could talk about, but we've come in full circle, which is the idea of opting out and saying, I don't want to be tied in and tied down and be around negative, energy-sapping, unloving people who on the face of it, sometimes they can be imperfections, you think, oh, how can that be anything but positive? But these guys are just doing it for the paycheck, aren't they? And they're just saying, you should be the same. And if you're not getting it, if you're not being allowed to get up every morning and go, yeah, I want to make a difference, then what's mm. the point? Find another job. Find some other place. But we've all got to pay the bills, haven't we? That's the, that's the problem. We've got to pay the bills. We've got to feed the children. You can't just throw caution to the wind. Like that Chris guy in the film. And I think you and I both would say there's a bigger thing at play here, isn't there? That we can't just be completely... Yeah, that's it. You've got got to disown yourself, haven't you? You've got to disown yourself and like... Like it says. Anyway, on that spiritual note, we didn't do a history thought for the day. That's fine. We'll leave it this week. I'm sure people can... uh, Well, just on that... We've got, you know, we've got a couple of minutes here. You mentioned Peterloo. What happened there? When was that and what happened? Oh, mate, you're putting me on the spot now. I don't want to guess it because there'll be some history professors listening and they'll go, what the heck is he talking about? He's got that... Okay, well, maybe maybe that can be a little taste of what's coming up next time. I do... I mean, like, off the top of my head, without looking... I, I know it was after the Napoleonic Wars, wasn't it? It was after the Napoleonic Wars. It was, uh, 1819... And it, was, okay. it was known as the Peterloo, Peterloo Massacre because, like, you know, 
the, the troops charged the people who were protesting peacefully and they kind of chopped them down. Yeah. And they were protesting about workers' rights and and it happened not so far away from where we are. In the north of England, it happened in Manchester, which back then was Lancashire. Okay. The 18th of August, 1819. 18 people died when the cavalry, it says, charged into a crowd of about 60,000 people who demanded reform of parliamentary representation. So, yeah, it's always used as a kind of, you know, kind of reference point for heavy-handed yeah, yeah. heavy handed policing or aggression towards peaceful protests. Because women and children were killed in it, I think. Yeah. And they were just trying to get more rights. Obviously, there was a lot of disgruntled, unemployed people after they beat Napoleon. A lot of poverty. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, and I think some of those soldiers probably had been involved in in those wars, so they were a little bit a bit hardened. You know, they're like veterans, probably. I'm speaking off the top of my head. I mean, but anyway, that's Peterloo. 18, no, that was 19. good. Peterloo massacre is wrapped up in two minutes. Well played. <laughs> anyway, so we've done well. It's been nice chatting, man. I mean, next time we might have Nadia with us. And we could go and chat about evil bosses. <laughs> There's so many things we could talk about that we haven't talked about. Uh, a chat about evil bosses. <laughs> you wouldn't want to listen to that. That sounds well worth a listen. Join us next time for Evil Bosses. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a little series you'd watch on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, there's so much. I mean, we're going to speak to Nadia about her job and how she's found coping in the educational uh, spheres during lockdown and how she's managed with all that. We can chat to her maybe next time. We've got a few of the guests lined up, haven't we? Uh, Yeah, that's going to be um, an ongoing feature that we are introducing to the podcast, uh, potentially mm. interviewing guests of special interest. Mm. In the fields of anything, music... The, art, yeah. education, history, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I hope I hope you've enjoyed listening to our little ramble today, and uh, we will be back soon. Stay tuned, loyal listeners. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> anything love to you. anything to say, Joe? Anything to add? Uh, no. Oh my goodness me, we've. Um... We really uh, crossed some boundaries, crossed some genres today. So, no, thank you for it. Thank you. It's been good, man. It's been good. Goodbye, everybody. See you soon. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Bye-bye.